Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us today, and happy Valentine's Day. I keep getting emails, Jared, from every company in every store that I've ever been in. That have the headline, like, wishing you a happy Valentine's. I don't need that. Thank you very much. But I do not need to know why Uber is wishing me a happy... You know what I mean? Unless you're giving me some sort of rebate or deal, I don't need it. I appreciate it. I remember one year I got a text from Verizon. And it was because I was running out of data. And they were like, happy Valentine's Day. You're running out of data. Or something along those lines. I'm thinking, this is the most depressing Valentine's message I've ever received But I'm hoping everyone out there listening is having a great Valentine's Day. And a lot of you are sending in your favorite couples. We're doing kind of like a Hall of Fame of lovebirds. And we've had so many good suggestions on the text line. I got to give credit here. We had uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. We have Eric Swalwell and Fang Fang. Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. I mean, people are really... They're going for the greatest of all time when it comes to these couples. Keep sending them in throughout the course of the show. This show is dedicated to love. That's what we're all about. So we are going to keep playing beautiful love bumpers for you and also going through some of the greatest couples of all time. Now, before I get into New York and Mozzie Pillup and Tom Swazi, who won that race, that special election, and what George Santos has to say about it, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Ukraine-Israel-Taiwan aid package because I saw this cut of Matt Gates, And you know what, Jared, we actually have the sound of it. We should play it. So Matt Gates is talking about Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. And just to give you a refresher on Mullen, because I really only know him from, from a few things, but they, they stand out. And once you register who he is, you're probably going to go, oh, yeah, I do know this guy. Mullen is the guy who offered or challenged the president of the Teamsters, who would be Sean O'Brien, to a throwdown during a Senate hearing. I believe he said something like, stand your butt up. And he got up like he was going to fight him. And that's when Bernie Sanders had to come in and say, oh, buh, 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 buh. You are a United States senator. Sit down. That wasn't too shabby, Jared. That was very good. Thank you. And you're a pretty hard marker with impressions. I am. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say not my worst. My worst is still Janet Yellen. So yeah, so Bernie Sanders tells him sit down. He wants to fight the Teamster. And now with Matt Gates, and that didn't really bother me that much. I like a little bit of, I like a little chutzpah. You know, I like a little bit of chaos. A little Jersey Shore in the Senate chambers. That doesn't bother me. But this is going to be a problem. If what Matt Gates is saying about Mullen is true based off this cut... Then I'm going to have a problem with Mark Wayne Mullen. Take a listen to Cut 10. Speaking of fools, we get a report from the Calvin Coolidge Project that Republican Senator and neoconservative Mark Wayne Mullen 
is meeting with folks to consider a discharge petition. And here's the report. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen has spoken to House lawmakers about a discharge petition. A discharge petition would bring the $95 billion overseas aid bill to a vote in the House of Representatives if Speaker Mike Johnson doesn't introduce it. Yeah. And this is the Hill called it like an obscure procedural tool, which made me feel better because I had never heard of it before. But what Gates is saying is true. It would basically bypass Mike Johnson, who's refusing to bring this to the floor of the House for a vote. And it's a way of kind of, I think, screwing over the Republican base that doesn't want these things. And remember, we had just talked about Senator Tom Tillis or how he was calling him Thom Tillis, which I like. I don't know if he's got like the James Lankford rule where it's it's always Thomas, never Thom. But Thom Tillis was saying that he's a well-briefed senator and there's no way that the base of Republicans could ever understand how important sending $60 billion to Ukraine is. And I guess you could also fall into that that we also don't understand why we should be sending money to both sides of the Israel-Hamas war. Like, I will concede that. I am not a well-briefed senator. I do not understand why we want to send money into Gaza that is going to be used by Hamas to fight Israel. I will admit that. I I do not have that level of knowledge on this. But when you find out that now they're going to try to bypass Mike Johnson, who's actually, for once, Republicans have a speaker who's doing the right thing here, it's infuriating. And so as... I wish you all may God protect our speakers, and I promise I'll... As much as Gates has driven me crazy before because his own words, he wants to be the AOC of the Republican Party, I do agree with him on this. Let's play the other cut. This is cut 11. You've got Mike Johnson taking the right position that we're not going to consider this crazy bill on the terms that the Senate has sent it over. And then you have Mark Wayne Mullen trying to encourage Republicans to go sign a discharge petition with Democrats to force this America last bill forward. And Mark Wayne Mullen didn't even have the guts to vote for it. That's what's crazy about this. Mullen- you, know what this you know what this makes me think of is the Babylon Bee headline that happened after the first impeachment attempt of Mallorca's. And it said something like Republicans, Republicans plan to impeach Mallorca's foiled by Republicans. We're always, I mean, with Republicans like this, with well-briefed U.S. senators like the ones we have, who needs Democrats? We are we we never stick together. We never do anything. And there's always so much pushback when anyone wants to do the right thing. It's like you you under you start to understand why people just cave to the swamp and just become sellouts. Because if you dare do something and and kind of stick your neck out, you get screwed over and your own people, your own party will stab you right in the back. It's it's. I would say it's amazing, but none of it surprises us. All right. Another thing I wanted to talk about here is this race, because I find this to be very important. This is Mozzie Pillup. She ran against Tom Swazi in uh, the special election for George Santos's seat. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Sad to say she lost Tuesday's special election to replace disgraced, this is from the New York Post, their words, not mine, disgraced ex-rep George Santos. Jared, you are shaking your head. How dare you use that term? Yeah, that description does not seem fitting. No. So he likes Botox and he likes, he likes to gamble. 
And yeah, maybe he lied a little bit. No, I'm kidding. He's, Sounds like Senate material to me. He's definitely not, definitely not squeaky clean. But now, and this is why I kept telling people, like, don't do this, Republicans. Don't let him go. Because you're going to regret it. You're going to miss him when he's gone. And not just because he's flashy and fun, but because now we lost to a Democrat. And we can't afford, like I said, especially in Congress, we can't afford to be losing seats because even though we have a majority, it's so slim. And most of the time, Republicans go with Democrats. Or I shouldn't say most of the time, but when it counts, they usually we get so many defectors who just, you know, they, they, they find their principles and they they want that strange new respect. So we should have held on to that Santo seat for dear life. And pill up a registered Democrat who ran on the Republican line earned 46.1 percent of the votes behind Swazi, who was 53.8 percent. Not even really that close. And so Trump comes out. He's lashing out. That's how they describe it. He's lashing out. And he said on social media, which, you know what, I sometimes think, speaking of the the way we're characterizing things, sometimes when he's on social media writing these long diatribes, they always say like, oh, he's lashing out or he's angry or he's this or he's that. I'm sure there's some times where he's just typing away. Like, I don't think every time he's writing something like this, he's foaming at the mouth. I think he's just pointing out what he thinks is very obvious, which is she should have gone Trump and not straddled the fence. Now, you can argue about whether or not you think that would have worked, but that's how he feels. And he just said, Republicans just don't learn, but maybe she was still a Democrat. I have an almost 99% endorsement success rate in primaries. Now, here's the key. You'll notice something here, Jared. He says, I have an almost 99% endorsement success rate in primaries and a very good number in general elections. Doesn't cite the percentage there because that's kind of where he has trouble. Um, but just watch this very foolish woman, Mozzie Pillup, running in a race where she didn't endorse me and tried to straddle the fence. Now, in New York, I will say, I don't have hope for the voters in New York. Like, I just don't think that if you're still voting for a Democrat at this point, then nothing is going to change that. I really and the crazy part is is that actually in 2022 a lot of Republicans did pretty well in some of the suburbs in New York, but this is this is really showing me that it doesn't matter how bad it gets. Like here's an example: you know the seven illegal aliens who beat the crap out of those NYPD officers. One of them was released and he was just rearrested for a robbery at Macy's. That's what's going on in New York City in the Big Apple. And it's still not enough. They're still voting in Democrats. And maybe they voted for this guy, Tom Swozy, Swazi, because they think, oh, he's kind of moderate. And, you know, he's going to go with Joe Biden. He's going to he's going to toe the company line. All Democrats do. And then you have Eric Adams, who goes on. Uh, what was this, Jared? It was uh, Fox. OK, it was one of the local Fox channels in New York. And he's talking about illegal immigration. And again, he's got a right to sing the blues. He's got his smallest violin out. He's acting like, you know, this is. This all just happened to him. Like, he had no part in this. Eric Adams doesn't get enough credit for being a very, a very 
good victim. Like he's always, he's like Joe Biden. He's always a victim. I thank God I'm the mayor right now. He's a victim of circumstance, Eric Adams. So this is what he had to say, cut four. But even as a sanctuary city, you, you should not be overwhelmed. You know, uh, our hearts are endless, but our resources are not. So it's not like New Yorkers are not saying we're, we are not a city of immigrants. We are. We, we have a rich history of immigrants. But we, we can't take the global problem and it become our problem. That is unfair to New Yorkers. And it's unfair to migrants. But you didn't think it was a problem when Texas was taking on the global problem or Arizona was taking on the global problem. You just think it's unfair that your city is being asked to shoulder some of the burden. By the way, he loves to cite it like they're the only city that's getting migrants sent to them. It's a fraction of what these border states are dealing with. A fraction. But he's created this narrative in his own mind that like, oh, it's so unfair what we're dealing with. Well, how do you think other towns feel? They don't have the infrastructure for this. And whenever a politician starts telling me about their heart, like our hearts are endless, that's a red flag. Stop telling me about your heart, your humanity, or all these. Either do a good job or get out. Because you ran for this job. You said you could do it. You said you could help New York City. And it's a mess. It is an absolute disaster. So I don't care how endless your heart is, whatever that even means. 844-500-4242. We got people on the lines who want to talk about this Ukraine aid package. We will go to your calls when we come back. You know, it's Valentine's Day. It's a perfect night to unwrap a delicious filet mignon from Omaha Steaks. That's what I'm going to do. And luckily, if you know, if you have, if your loved one or um, if the person in your life who you're cooking up dinner for doesn't want a steak and they say, listen, I really would prefer a burger, this is a really good deal. Because you go to omahasteaks.com, it's the President's Day sale. You're going to get 50% off site-wide and you're going to get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers on select packages these are so delicious succulent amazing burgers you want to get your hands on this so go to omahasteaks.com slash grace and you can get these eight free omaha steaks burgers and jared the great thing is is that no matter what your tastes are they got you covered for valentine's day and all the days ahead you can be prepared you don't have to go to the grocery store And you can have what you want, and the people in your family can choose what they want. Yeah, and the quality you're getting with Omaha Steaks is better than what you're going to get at the supermarket. Oh, yeah. It's cheaper than what you're going to get at the supermarket, especially with the President's Day sale, 50% off. You're not going to find that anywhere else. And I'm telling you, I, I was all in on the hot dogs, and I still am. All in on the steaks, and I still am. But I am now all in on the chicken. It tastes like chicken should taste, which I don't even know I was missing. Until I had the Omaha Steaks. Do you think the hot dogs are going to feel a little betrayed by you? Like they got thrown under the bus and you've moved on to something else? I mean, you know, we're, uh, what is it, a, a Katie Hill thruple situation, I think, <laughs> as we would say. Right, yeah. A thruple. <laughs> there's, room for all, there's room for all of us. Yes. It's Valentine's Day. And that's the great thing about Omaha Steaks. You don't have to choose. You can have so many options and you can have them at the ready. So go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. You're going to get the eight free burgers on these packages. It's omahasteaks.com slash grace. We will be right back. we got a lot more to get to. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
This is the Grace Curley Show. So hold me close, honey, say forever mine. back everyone let's do the poll question here and i want to talk a little bit about journalism in the news and we'll take your calls today's poll question is brought to you by jj manning whether residential commercial or land jj manning can get your property sold now they are the experts they know what they're doing and if you want to learn more on how to get your property sold quickly and contingency free you can contact charlie gill at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com with over six 16,000 sales and satisfied clients. You can be the next one. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com is, which congestion pricing benefit is the biggest load of BS? It will increase public transit use. It will decrease pollution. The money raised will help benefit the communities or it will decrease traffic. Well, if the communities mean all of the illegal aliens that all are pouring folks. in through our borders and staying at like the Melnia Cass Recreational Center and the overflow facility, then that one's not really that big of a lie. Um, but I'm going to say that more people are going to take public transit, which, by the way, city councilor at large, Erin Murphy, this was her quote in the Herald. She said, until we have a reliable and efficient public transit in all areas of the city, the thought of making drivers pay more to drive does not seem right to me. I find no flaw in that logic. I don't either, but I just have a feeling that most of the other city councilors are not going to be on Aaron Murphy's side. So, yeah, Jared, that's where Aaron I'm Aaron Murphy voting. bringing that smoke that Tanya Fernandez-Anderson did not want to be brought. All right, so I'm voting public transit. Public tra- uh, Increase in public transit at 15% right now. Money raised will benefit the community. Still on the lead at 60%. 13% for decreasing pollution and 12% for decreasing traffic. All right, so a lot of people want to talk about Santos's seat, which is now going to go to a Democrat in New York. Let's go to Lisa. You're up next. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, Grace. I feel like a stalker. I've been calling you so much lately, but I'm so irritated about all these things. I can't help it. Don't worry. We love but, hearing um, from you. What's going on? Thank you. Uh, first off on um, Congressman Wayne Mullins, I don't think he's as hot as I used to think he was. So now he's like not on... He's on the no hot list okay got it okay and then and then second the george santos seat i think irritates me more than anything because never ever underestimates the ability for republicans to you know what stuff up so he was kicked out but bob menendez is sitting on the senate i believe um one of the committees still I think he was kicked off. I think he was kicked off the committee last time I checked, Lisa. But you're right. He's still a senator. Your point's still valid. He's he's still a senator, a and he's been indicted twice. I mean, uh, two separate times, but now twice on this case. So I just don't. I I don't understand why. um, uh, First of all, the the George Santos replacement seat was horrible because it fell on a, a. snow day like a snowstorm day in new york and they they ran a bunch of abortion ads towards um mozzie i think it's her name mozzie Phillips or something anyway so it i mean i'm not making excuses obviously she lost by eight points so that's not very good 
But um, the the also the Eric Adams clip real quick. I just wanted to go over. Lisa, we're running out of time. Stay on the line. We'll put you on after. Uh, we'll put you on after the break. But your points are very valid. And like John Fetterman said, Bob Menendez, the senator from Egypt. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. All right, so our last caller, Lisa, just to recap here. She's got a lot of problems, and she's going to tell you about them. She's got a problem with Bob Menendez. And she doesn't think it's fair that George Santos was expelled from Congress, though he wasn't charged with anything, not convicted of anything. I understand everybody wants to nitpick at me. Was he charged or was he just not convicted? No, he, he wasn't even charged. Okay, so yeah, okay. And Bob Menendez is still there, even though, as John Fetterman told us, he's basically a senator for Egypt. And, and John Fetterman didn't even bother getting into the engagement ring and the Mercedes and the, the rest of it. And Lisa also brought up Mozzie Pillup, how it wasn't a, obviously a great choice of a candidate because she lost by eight points. But that in New York, it's really you start to think that there's just no hope there. What's it going to take? It's it's like the definition of insanity in these blue cities. Everyone just keeps in these blue states, I should say, everyone just keeps voting the same way and they're expecting different results. And I hate to say this because I don't like to. When I see people like, for example, you know, a man on the street interview or something on one of the more conservative leaning channels, whether it's Newsmax or Fox, and you hear from a New Yorker or a Bostonian and they're complaining about the state of the city and, you know, some of the issues, I don't like to say, well, well, that's what you get. Elections have consequences. You get what you vote for. But I'm, now I'm kind of like, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. What is it going to take? I feel like my Nana, what she says about the phone company, she'd say, short of killing somebody on the job, you're not going to get the pink slip. It's like, what does the, these, what do these Democrat politicians have to do before you stop giving them more chances. How many red flags do you need to see? You know what it's like? It's like your friend who keeps dating losers and calls you up and explains to you what their loser boyfriend's doing. And you keep saying, you can do better. You can do better. Surely there's got to be somebody out there who's better than this dud. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're smart. Kick him to the curb. And you can, sell, you can tell her that advice all day long, but she's not going to listen. That's how I feel about New Yorkers. I have nothing left to give you. And I really don't have any more bleeps left to give either because this is what you're asking for. Lisa, continue your point. You were going to finish off. I think your last point was about Eric Adams. Yes, it was. Thank you, Grace. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I, I get so irritated when I see him lately. He was He was on the right path in the beginning, but... Obviously, since he had his phones, uh, you know, confiscated from the FBI, his tone has changed. But I don't feel sorry for New Yorkers. I do. I do feel sorry for the poor people because they don't have a say and they probably don't vote. So they're at the mercy of the Upper West Side and, and all the, the rich people in each borough. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's a hard thing to, you know, try to justify. I just don't know what to say. But. You know, it's like Eric Adams, welcome to the party. You know, the whole country is dealing with this. And you're, you're a city of 8 million, 
million people, so you can absorb all these uh, migrants. And matter of fact, you can absorb more. And you're going to get them, hopefully, if uh, uh, Greg Abbott has anything to say about it. And you know what? Um, when it comes to Eric Adams and, and Lisa, what you just said is dead on. I mean, I, I don't know what you were. I don't know what you're implying by trying to suggest that he's changed his tone based off when his when a, a huge donor to his campaign, her home was raided and when his electronics were confiscated. I, I'm not sure if you're trying to tell us that you think there's some sort of some sort of connection, perhaps, between how outspoken he is against this administration and those in, those ongoing investigations. Um, but what I will say is this. Eric Adams is speaking out because it's, you know what it actually reminds me of, Jared, a little bit, is when, now try, this, this might be, I might be, uh, I might be pushing it here with this comparison, but hey, you got to try, right? It reminds me of when somebody gets canceled. And I'll give you an example, like Chrissy Teigen, right? She wrote really mean things about somebody and some like influencer, some I don't even know who it was, really horrible things. And then she got canceled and she was asking for forgiveness and she was like, please, 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 please. And I, people write mean things. I've written things before in columns that I've regret. So I don't, that, that's not something where I'm like, oh, get my pitchfork out. But I read a column about it and somebody said, keep in mind, though, she would be someone, she would be the first person to deny you the grace that she's asking for. And that stuck with me. I was like, yes, I have no problem with you going on and living your life and keeping your brand opportunities and and changing as a person and whatever you want to say. But you should keep that in mind the next time around because you would not behave the way that Republicans and people on the right are treating you, you would never give anyone else that benefit of the doubt if it were a Trump supporter or if it was someone you disagree with politically. And I kind of feel similarly with Eric Adams where it's like, yeah, I I give him credit that he's acknowledging the issue to a degree, but he would never be doing this if it wasn't a problem that was now being shoved in his face. Does that make sense? Like, he would never come to this conclusion just based off being a logical person. He would never say, oh, well, how would I feel if this, maybe I should give grace to someone like Greg Abbott because I think that'd be a hard thing to deal with if it were happening to me. He would never go that far. He, he would never treat Republicans with that same level of respect. And that's not lost on me. So as much as I might want to say, hey, at least some of these Democrats are waking up, I'm also... I'm also not naive enough to think that they would ever be coming to these conclusions if Republicans weren't pulling these what KJP calls stunts, like political stunts. They're, they're not coming to these conclusions because suddenly, like he'll throw in when he's talking about border towns, he'll throw in El Paso now. He'll say, you know, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And he'll throw in El Paso. But that's only because now he's between a rock and a hard place. Now he realizes that he has to stop being a hypocrite. Because it's not politically beneficial for him anymore. But that's the only reason. Nick, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, the thing about New York, do you remember a movie called Escape from New York? I don't know how long it's going to take, but that's where they're going. I believe their uh, elections are more than likely corrupt. This was a huge thing of uh, mail-in balloting, by the way. Uh, They had like 86,000 or something ready to go. So I don't know how honest that is. Um, but yeah, but it was like, eight, uh, like that last caller said, Nick, it was eight. It was eight points. I mean, I, I don't think she ran the best campaign if you're losing by eight points. I don't care how much, you know, shadiness there was. And I never doubt that there's shadiness. But you've got to win by enough where 
that doesn't really yeah, come into play. I'm not defending play. that. What I'm saying is I'm with you. Hello, are you still there? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, well, I'm, def- I'm, I'm defending your, 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 your approach. In other words, I, I could care less what happens to them. They get what, I'm sorry, but they're going to get what, what they deserve. There's, Long Island itself is loaded with uh, political and police corruption. They, yes, they caught someone that killed three of the, the uh, prostitutes, supposedly. However, there are many others that have disappeared with no accountability because the, the, the local government is involved. It's never going to change. So they get what they deserve. They really do. Um, I don't know where it's going, but I don't know how long it takes to get to escape from New York, but it's coming. And the other thing we got to talk about here, because I've been focusing on New York, because I know we have listeners in New York who, you know, stream the show, and we have a lot of guests, David Marcus, Libby Emmons, who who call in from New York, so I'm always fascinated by it. Plus, I'm a huge reader of the New York Post. But this is also happening a lot in California, and there's a crazy story out of L.A. that I think goes back to this idea of how many opportunities— are these Democrats going to pass up and continue to vote in these Gavin Newsom-esque politicians and then sit here and tell us, well, there's poop on the streets, there's, you know, we have to close down our stores, there's there's syringes everywhere. It's like, well, what do you think? Again, definition of insanity. It's not hard to follow. Um, I wanted to also mention here, I'm going to save that L.A. story, Nick, but I think you're, you're going to like it. I wanted to mention here, it is Valentine's Day. We have talked about the impeachment of Mayorkas. We have talked about this Ukraine package, which, according to Tom Tillis, or Thom Tillis, however it's pronounced, if you're not a well-briefed senator, you couldn't possibly understand how vital it is to send $60 billion more dollars to the corrupt country of Ukraine to secure their border. And we've also talked about New York. But there's something that I think is important to do on Valentine's Day. And that is a little flashback. Because when I think Valentine's Day, I think of one of the most romantic stories I've ever heard. And it has to do with the lovebirds. What I would say, Jared, is the lovebirds of our generation. And that would be America's sweethearts. America's sweethearts, Joe Biden and Dr. B. Can I get... What I would say is one of Joe's worst stories. It's not offensive, but it's just a horrible story. This is cut eight. I'm sorry, cut nine. And, uh, and so Jill's favorite day is, of, the, of the year is Valentine's Day. And so she had gotten, as a professor, a teacher, she's still teaching full time, a teacher, she got that erasable uh, paint you can, you know, use. And she, on every window, every window, she got the maintenance guy to bring up a ladder. And every window, she put a big heart, and she said, Joe loves Jill. Wow. And then we got another one. And this is, he's telling the story about the night before Valentine's Day. It's like the night before Christmas. I didn't know that this was such a big deal. This is cut 9A. The night before Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's Day. That's Valentine's why. Valentine's Day. I, I'm, I don't celebrate Valentine's. It's a fun fact about me. Celebrate Valentine's, not Valentine's. Um, When we come back, we got a great segment for you. And later on, I want to talk a little bit about the CBS layoff with Catherine Herridge because 
Howie and I were discussing this yesterday, and obviously it's news that they laid off Catherine Herridge. She's the most well-known out of the people she they laid off. But it's also news who they're keeping on. There's somebody they're keeping on staff and promoting that I think you guys would be interested in. We'll be right back, and we've got a great segment coming up for you. But before we break, I wanted to let you know that Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. This is a great way to celebrate Valentine's Day. Treat yourself. Do something for yourself. Call up Perfect Smiles and get the ball rolling to get the perfect smile that you've always dreamed of. When it comes to dentistry, Dr. Houghton is the best. He is a gifted artist. He knows what he's doing. He's an expert at it, but he's also just very nice. And everybody on his team loves what they do. They're going to treat you like a VIP. And what I really appreciate is I'm one of those people when I go to the dentist I like to know exactly what's happening at all times. I like you to walk me through it. And especially if you're transforming your smile and you're taking this huge life step, it's important that you're you're working with people who go at your own pace, who personalize it, who want to make it just right for you. And that's exactly what they're so good at. So if you've thought about this before, you keep putting it off, Valentine's Day is a great day to start anew and to uh, take this step towards a renewed sense of self-confidence and visit Dr. Houghton. Here's what I want you to do. Go to perfectsmiles.com. You'll get a really good feel for what goes on um, in the video testimonials. You can hear from people who trusted Dr. Houghton with their smile, and they're so glad they did. And you can also visit them. They're right off Route 3 in Nashua. But again, it's perfectsmiles.com. I want you to go there, change your smile, change your life, perfectsmiles.com. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is the Grace Curley Show. So you're looking for a deal and you want to make it real. A money-saving deal. It's Grace's goodies. Goody, goody. All right, this is for everyone, of course, but especially if you're someone who is panicking, you haven't bought a Valentine's Day gift, this is a really great one. This is better than going to the store, getting a card and some candy. This is what you're going to want to do. We are, right now, our Grace's Goodies is for Nauset Beach Inn. You can get a gift certificate to this beautiful spot on Nauset Beach. It's valued at $200. You're getting it for just $100. I was on social media today, and the first thing I saw was people People were posting photos from Nauset Beach, and it was so beautiful after the storm. Dave Henchy joins us now. Dave, this is a really magical spot. I, I mean, the sunsets are just something to behold. I was seeing videos and pictures of it. How did you guys make out in the storm and tell people what they have to look forward to when they get this Grace's Goodies? Well, first of all, it was absolutely um, it was marvelous during the storm. It, it was beautiful. It was, the wind was blowing very hard, of course. And we actually had... Several people checked in from locally, from East Ham and down in Falmouth. When I, and they came up literally because you look at that beautiful view with the snow and the crashing waves and the waters all nice and green this morning. Um, so people checked in the hotel just to stay there during the storm and sit by the fireplace and, and enjoy the room. You know, the rooms are big. They've all got two queen beds in them and a microwave, a coffee maker, a nice refrigerator. We've got barbecues on the lawn that are usable all year round. And, of course, the giant fire pits out on the lawn, uh, the 500,000 BTU, and people will be out there in the middle of a snowstorm having a good time um, just enjoying it in the evening out there. Um, the hotel, is, it's spectacular. It's literally a one-of-a-kind uh, place. It's, a, it's 
like we say, it's a, a short drive to a vacation far away. You feel like you're on an island. We've got four acres up there with only 12 hotel rooms and uh, the Sunrise Cottage, of course. So it's really kind of special. Um, you can spread out. You can see your neighbors or not see your neighbors. It's a very social place because people are up there with their dogs having a good time. And they can take the path from the hotel right down to the beach um, and walk your dogs out there in the winter, of course, which is just great. I was doing it yesterday before the storm hit. Yeah, and Dave, one thing I love is that when people stay there and they get this Grace's goodies, they, these always sell out pretty quickly. So again, go to gracecurlyshow.com and click on store to get your gift certificate to the Nauset Beach Inn, valued at $200. You're getting it for just $100. This is a great Valentine's Day gift. And what I love is that people will send me photos and emails and follow-ups, and they have so much fun. And oftentimes you guys are voted one of the best beaches in Massachusetts. Like you said, it's an incredible view. There's a lot to do at Nauset Beach Inn. But one of the questions I got last time you were on was someone said, what, what's the restaurant scene like uh, on Cape Cod for someone who's not familiar? Are there places to go on the off season to grab a bite to eat, to walk around? So, so what's going on? What's the activity like around Nauset Beach? Well, first is we're full school vacation week because the restaurants are all open. Uh, there's lots to do with the kids. There's the, uh, uh, the Cape Cod National Seashore, the museum up there associated with the National Seashore. Uh, the Brewster um, Natural History Museum. The the nightlife is lovely. Um, downtown in Orleans is just a beautiful little walking street. Chatham's very close, which is another classic Cape Cod town. Uh, East Ham, of course. And, you know, everything on Main Street's open. I don't think the Barley Neck is just doing some repairs, so they're closed for a, a few short weeks. They're the closest restaurant to us. They're opening up again in a month. Uh, but everything else in town is open. It, you know, the shops are open. The prices are good. And the nice thing about Cape restaurants is they're not chain restaurants. Right. Normally, owner chef, you know, owned, and the, you get different types of food that are really high quality, and they care about it. And you'll meet the owners, and they're very social. It's lovely. Absolutely. And so many of those Cape restaurants are, you know, friends of the Howie Car Radio Network, Pates, Moby Dick's. There's so many places on Cape Cod that are so fun. You get delicious seafood, so much to do. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention. Chatham Cut's very good, too. I was down there recently. Yes, yes. Very, very good. Very nice steak place for people if that's what you're looking for. And there's so many options. Um, Dave, the other thing I wanted to mention here is it is Valentine's Day, and this is a great way you can print out a nice photo of the Nossa Beach Inn. Stick it in an envelope and say, honey, I, I was thinking of you. I think this would be a nice weekend. It's a really great place for families, but it's also really a great place for couples. Yeah, we actually got 70 calls already. People were buying uh, gift certificates off our website this morning uh, <laughs> for Valentine's Day gifts. It is, it, it's great. I mean, we get lots of couples there. Like I said, even the couples that came up for the storm and some people, they brought cocks of chili and crocks of uh, clam chowder and they had a bottle of wine with them. They kicked their feet up off the rocking chairs and were just watching the, the, the beauty of the place. The natural beauty is it's unmatched. It is truly unmatched, and it's a special cape on, place on Cape Cod that you wouldn't see unless you swing by. By the way, everybody's always welcome just to drive through and say hello and, and take a look at the view up there. Well, you know what, Dave? Just, you know, 
you, you just mentioned that it's one of the great things about the Cape is that the restaurants, it's not chains and the, the owners there are so nice and so social. Well, I would say the same thing about the Nasa Beach Inn. You are someone who really cares about the Nasa Beach Inn. You care about your customers. You care about, the, you know, the beauty of the, the spot. And so I think that makes it really special as well. And we thank you for participating in this and for giving this opportunity to our listeners to enjoy the Nasa Beach Inn. It's such a great price. It's gracecurlyshow.com. Click on store, get this $200 value for a gift certificate for just $100. Thank you, Dave Henchy. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone go to gracecurlyshow.com and click on store now. Now.